Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on VOW FM. That's Voice of Vits. We're broadcasting live from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mdiwa Mob Justice Gavaz and I'll be your host on today's show. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, for today, according to a study by McKinsey & Co., Women hold only 38% of manager-level positions, although more and more companies are adding more women to their C-suite and recognizing their value, the number of women in leadership positions is still underrepresented. How can society and companies uh, get to achieve gender parity? As we are still in uh, Women's Month, we aim to highlight some of these important conversations. Now, to help us to navigate this topic, today we're going to be talking to Hope uh, Ditlakanyane, who is uh, the founder of a Superwoman Hub and a venture partner at EMEST Africa, uh, all about her upcoming virtual conference called Women in Africa. And then after that, we're going to be talking to Tiniko Simbine, who is the CFO and co-founder of Girl Code South Africa, about the importance of underrepresentation of women in the tech space. Um, Tiniko is actually a uh, panelist at uh, the Women in Africa conference. Now, that's uh, looking like it's going to be a good show. Also, coming up uh, for the next hour, we're going to be getting into the business uh, wrap. Uh, that's where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business economics news. And then we also get into the Buffalo Index where we tell you the state of your 100 rand. Now, remember that you can find us. Uh, we are Voice of Vits um, on uh, Facebook or VOW FM. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VOW FM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business business buzz remember that you can also stream us uh, live on wowfm.co.za and remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on iono.fm apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and also spotify together with great content that is available on viz.journalism.co.za forward slash business so that's how the show is looking like definitely make sure you don't turn that down now uh, coming up next we do get into the business wrap Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. We now look back at uh, the two weeks top trending business and economics news in our business wrap, and we're joined on the line uh, by our financial expert, Ken Sweatman. Ken, uh, greetings to you. What's been going on this week? Well, the two big stories, which I think hang out for me, I mean, there's been lots, obviously, in the economic, economic news, but the two that stand out for me, which may interest your listeners, because they could possibly affect your listeners or, or people they know, is the fact that South Africans have got themselves much deeper into debt as a result of, of the coronavirus the lockdown. And that's mainly because uh, banks and, uh, and service providers and uh, people who give credit have been giving uh, these coronavirus payment relief schemes, which is very nice if you don't have to pay your debt or, or you have pay in a smaller amount. But what they're doing is that they are adding on interest onto this outstanding debt while you're not paying it. So although it's a relief from a month-to-month payment option, it's actually increasing your debt. And 
South Africans have gone deeper into debt uh, as a result of, of the coronavirus and, and these so-called payment relief schemes. And in fact, we, we are as a country drowning in debt. And the second thing, which which is a concern, um, certainly to somebody like myself working in the financial services industry, and there was a big article in the Sunday Times uh, this past Sunday, is the fact that the government is considering, they've actually got a discussion paper out, and they're considering forcing pension and provident funds to invest up to 25% of their assets into um, infrastructure development, is, is how they term it, or government-approved schemes. And uh, I've had many of my clients who contact me with great concerns about this. It's, it's nothing that's law yet, it's nothing that's happening yet, but it's on the government radar that they're trying to access our, our pension and provident and that will be of a great concern to the average South African who, who relies on who will rely on this money for retirement in years to come. Um, Ken, just as a follow-up to that last one, um, the the you know mandating a certain portion of pension funds to be um, invested in some of these infrastructure projects is this uh, what they call the prescribed assets? That's 100% correct. It's, it's the, the term they use is prescribed assets. In other words, the government will prescribe to pension funds on how they must invest a portion of their assets. Um, at the moment, uh, asset investment is regulated in terms of uh, Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act, whereby pension and, and problem funds are limited by what they can invest in certain asset classes. For example, they can't invest more than 30% into offshore funds and more than 75% into local equity funds. But, they, but the government are proposing to possibly tweak that regulation to force a certain investment into government-approved projects. And uh, of course, it's, it's not clear. As I said, it's not law. It hasn't been happened yet, but it is on the radar. And of course, people are saying that this is a way of government grabbing more of our private money. The pension fund industry is worth trillions, not billions, but trillions of rand in this country, and, and they're getting more money sucked possibly into our, our very poor-performing uh, state-owned enterprises. And, and it worries the, the average South African, myself included, I might add, and who, who are going to rely on our pensions literally to live once we reach old age. And, and the returns on these so-called prescribed assets may not be um, what we would like our pension fund returns to be. So it is something I believe as, as South African, every South African, needs to keep an eye on them on, on this developing story going forward sir. and then perhaps lastly um sort of following on with this uh, financial services theme um what do you make of uh, the some of these cyber attacks that have uh, been facing uh, both the banking and sort of asset management uh, industry i saw uh, recently, Momentum faced a cyber attack, and then now we're hearing that Standard Bank, FNB, and a bunch of uh, credit uh, credit providing institutions, you know, faced a big, um, you know, cyber attack. Do you think, you know, as we become more and more digital, that these are some of the dangers that we're just going to have to come to terms with? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't consider myself a, an IT expert by any stretch of the imagination. But again, most of us as South Africans are using these services. Um, the financial services companies, you mentioned Momentum, and unfortunately Liberty was also just over a year ago the victim of a, of a cyber attack. Um, we've now had a 
the rumors that 24 million South Africans' personal details, ID numbers and names and addresses, have been compromised through the banking and, and the credit card system. I, I personally got an email yesterday of one of my credit card companies uh, saying that this had happened. And, that was, and it wasn't the banks or the credit cards themselves. It was actually a credit bureau, um, which the banks and credit cards users that that was attacked. South Africa, I understand, is the third highest country in the world for cyber attacks. And, and we really... Um, need to be concerned and we need to hope that our banks and our financial service providers are using their IT expertise to protect our personal information and that's all we can hope for is that our chosen service providers are doing that for us because as as an individual there's very little we can do if these attacks happen and and our personal information gets into the wrong hands all all, all I can say to your listeners is be careful if if you see anything where you believe your, your personal information has been compromised you contact your service provider immediately and let them know and just be very careful if you get calls or emails purporting to be from a service provider because they may not be and um, you've just got to look out and be very very aware and on on the ball particularly at this time So that was it in terms of our uh, business wrap for today with uh, Ken Sertanem, just giving us an insight into the some of the week's um, top stories. You know, just giving us some insight into what's going on with this ongoing debate around uh, prescribed assets in South Africa and just ending off uh, talking about, uh, you know, some of the cyber attacks that have affected uh, financial institutions, warning people to just make sure that they stay safe online. On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. In our Buffalo Index for today, we are talking about what it means to be connected digitally. And since we are talking about uh, a women's conference that is happening virtually, we decided to find out what does it actually cost um, to have, um, you know, methods of payments or how much is it going to cost to get yourself signed up and registered on some of the world's uh, top uh, video conferencing platforms because conferences nowadays together with meetings are all happening on Zoom, Google Meet, Microsoft Teams and the like. Now, to begin with, uh, there is Zoom, which has uh, become the undoubted most popular um, video conferencing uh, platform in the world since lockdowns began, and that will set you back about two and a half buffaloes at 260 rand. Microsoft Teams, um, it starts off, uh, we're talking about basic packages here. This is just a disclaimer. We're talking about starting prices because they do escalate quite a bit. So Microsoft Teams, um, that that one uh, is called uh, Microsoft 365 Basic uh, Business Basic, uh, which was formerly called Office 365 Business Essentials, is coming up for just under one buffalo at 91 rand a month. But uh, the caveat there is that you have to commit uh, for a year. The other, the other example or the other alternative is Google Meet, and that's coming in for just over one buffalo per month. That's 103 rand uh, per month. You Using the current exchange rates. So that's how much it will cost for you to sign up for the paid versions of these different platforms. But they do have uh, some alternatives because, for example, Zoom does have a free version, but it does come with some limitations on it. For example, um, with 
the highest tier of Zoom, you can have more than a thousand. You can have up to a thousand people uh, on a call. You know, so if you're thinking about doing a lecture with 400 students, etc., you would definitely need to have uh, that particular version. Uh, that's gonna cost you way more. But the free version um, costs uh, is it obviously costs nothing, but it does have a limit of I think a hundred participants. But more importantly, it has a 40-minute time limit after which a person has to restart the whole thing, which can be um, quite an inconvenience, especially if you're in a business environment. Uh, Google Meet also has a uh, a free option, and uh, that one is coming in, and it has a one-hour limit um, on its time. And then Microsoft Teams um, seems to have an unlimited time in terms of its free version. So, yes, that's what the paid versions look like in terms of that but as we're highlighting there are free versions that are available so that's been it for this week's uh, business uh, uh, business buzz buffalo index on the other side of this we get into the women in africa conference the buffalo index on the business buzz more justice on the business buzz it's time for us to get into our main topic for today, and uh, we're going to be talking um, about uh, the Women in Africa conference. And uh, before we begin, though, we do remind you that you can find us on Facebook. Uh, that is uh, Vow FM or Voice of Vits. You can also find the Vits Radio Academy. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. That is at Vow FM, and our now hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. Now it's time for us uh, to get into the Women in Africa conference and the role of women in leadership positions, particularly in the tech space. The number of women in senior positions in business has grown and has proven that the value and diversity they bring is good for those businesses. Beyond business, there has been a rise in the number of women collaborating and building ecosystems in the form of women empowerment organizations and society to help them find solutions to some of the world's problems. One of our guests uh, that we are about to talk to today is one of those women who aims to connect high impact women across Africa through uh, an ecosystem enabler called a Superwoman Hub. So we are happy to have uh, Hope Ditlakanyane, who is no stranger to us because um, she featured um, on our show a few months ago. She um, she is a venture partner at uh, MEST Africa, but for today she is uh, where the hat of uh, the founder of uh, the Superwoman Hub. Hope, good evening to you. Evening. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always good to be here. Um, I think just as a, as a, as a jumping off point, as we said today, you are wearing a different hat. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, the Superwoman Hub and, uh, you know, who are you guys? How did the ecosystem come about? What are you guys aiming to achieve? No, sure. Um, so I'd like to call it my 5 to 9 a.m. because it's something that I really do because I'm super passionate about. So the Superwoman Hub is an ecosystem builder for women leaders across Africa. And essentially what we do is we partner with organizations that are interested in driving gender inclusion. And then we work with them to create programs to this mandate. Um, and we also manage a very strong online community of pan-African women. So currently in our community, there's women from Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, and here in South Africa as well. And we just share a lot of resources and knowledge to help them in, in the course of their leadership journey. 
Um, so yeah, so in a nutshell, that's what superwomen have does. And this really started by the realization when I was in corporate um, that there's not enough safe spaces for women to show up as their authentic selves and through that thrive in the corporate and broader society. Um, and, you know, in corporate, we see this through the, the concept of the glass ceiling where a lot of institutions will have a large junior complement um, of women, but then as you go higher and higher in the hierarchy, there's less and less women represented. But then in the context of the tech space, as you were alluding to earlier on, there's about two billion US dollars that was uh, channeled in equity investments to tech startups across the African continent, but less than 13% of those went to women-owned businesses. So I'm really, really passionate about ch- challenging the status quo around this issue and really partnering up with different um, organizations as well as allies to be able to really drive this mandate of true gender equality in our lifetime. Uh, perhaps as a follow-up to what you've just said, what does an engagement um, with an organization, a company, a business actually look like um, when you go in to perhaps put in uh, some type of program to address some of these issues? So what we do is we really make sure that we partner with organizations who have the same values but also the same vision. And we kind of try to understand what is their CSI strategy. So then we then tailor make a program aligned to that particular CSI strategy, but more importantly to the different skills as well as resources that organization has at their disposal. Um, so for example, with the Women in Africa Conference, how that came about is through a collaboration with a, a skills development and marketing agency that was really interested in doing work around the women empowerment space and to play to their strengths, but also to play to the knowledge that we have around the issue of women leadership, as well as really how do you unlock that leadership potential to help women. That is when you conceptualize this amazing event called the Women in Africa Conference. Um, so definitely the programs are always bespoke, and that is driven mainly around, you know, sort of what are the skill sets that these organizations and resources that they have at their disposal, and how that links to the broader uh, strategy that they'd be driving um, in realization of of their strategic mandates or whatever other goals that they might have. The conference itself, when is it actually happening and how can people be part of it? Yes, so, so I'm super excited. So this is a one-day Pan-African online conference where we'll be connecting a number of high-impact women leaders across different industries um, to leaders and experts within that industry. And so it will be happening on the 26th of September. So it will be fully online. So people can make sure that they have the data um, and, 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 you know, they can be able to join in the conference from the comfort of their own home. There will be six different industry discussions. So we'll be looking at entertainment and media, funding, startups, corporate, tech, as well as education. And super excited that there will be over seven different African countries represented joining in at the same time. So it's truly, truly pan-African, and it's really just a hugely collaborative effort across different industries, but also across different African countries. Um, and yeah, and you know, just to name drop a little bit, there'll be representatives from Forbes Africa, <laughs> SAP, BET, UCT. So it's a very, very much uh, jam-packed uh, conference of just knowledge sharing, collaboration, growing your network. So that, that's something that we're super excited about. No, I, I think, no, I, I'm waiting for the names. Like, you can name drop. Tell us who's actually going to be um, at this event and the type of conversations that we can expect. Of 
apprentices from very big organizations like Forbes Africa. So Karen Mundera, who's currently the Forbes 30 Under 30 list curator, will be having Quenna Maboto, who's the regional director for SAP, Maziti, uh, who's currently the head of marketing for PTT Africa, executives from UCT, the African Leadership uh, University. So it's really, really, really just the largest organizations that are driving change across Africa that would be there. And mainly the types of conversations we'll be having is really to identify the issues that women are facing across the different industries, but more importantly, to empower them on how women can identify opportunities to drive inclusive growth within that industry. So it will be highly collaborative panel discussions, but more focused also on the different peer-to-peer networking so that women can collaborate, share opportunities, but most importantly, support each other towards their leadership journey as they take on the leadership roles within those industries in the next three to five years. Um, so yeah, so really exciting discussions ahead. Um, Hope, I can imagine that in your various roles that you have um, sight and exposure to a number of different businesses, um, business people, executives, uh, just just different levels of engagement. And the question I'm quite keen to maybe get your thoughts on because of some of the names you've just dropped is, how important has your network been in setting some of these uh, some of these things up and your actual experience you know in corporate uh, in corporate spaces how has that informed your ability to put something like this together sure so i'm i'm a person who's always believed in the power of collaboration and the power of being able to give first and then being able to get afterwards so i think being able to have those lines of thought has really been crucial in, you know, when I presented this idea to the different networks um, that, that that I can tap into. Um, they were willing to give mainly because of also they believe in collaboration, but because this really is such a big problem, not just in South Africa or Africa, but across the world. Um, but I think also just, you know, some of the topics that we'll be addressing is how women can be more sort of upfront about what their skills are, what their passions are. And in that way, when you do that, you are able to attract people who are like-minded who also want to contribute to the same values and same causes that you are driving. So definitely my professional experience as well as my experience now, because I work in a very pan-African organization, one of the largest in Africa, that has definitely helped me in sort of building up the panelists, but also building up the different content for the day. But one thing that I think has been the key success factor is really just collaborating with as many people and really just putting it out there that, hey, we have a vision to kind of disrupt the status quo around how unequal the world is currently, particularly for women. And I need you to kind of sign to the vision so that we can really, really, really empower the next generation of women leaders across Africa. And I think once you kind of say that even to the most important people in these organizations, they immediately get it and they want to see how they can support um, so that's been quite exciting to just see how many different people recognize what an issue this is, but more so they are willing to do something about it, not just in this conference, but beyond, um, um, you know, the 26th of September. So that's been really exciting. For for people that uh, may be thinking about how they can also get involved, someone is listening right now and they're thinking to themselves, mm, this uh, this hope woman really has has a good idea here, and I want to be part of it. I am uh, I am an executive in a big company, or I run a big business, or I'm just an individual. How can they uh, perhaps contribute or be part of it? Sure. So I think the first step is to 
sure. So I think, you know, for the general public, we are selling tickets for this event and mainly because these tickets and all the funds that will be raised will be used to set up a fund to invest in women-owned businesses and be able to provide them with tailored support to help them grow and scale. So if you're a member of the general public and you just have 50 rand, each ticket is just 50 rand, so you can go to our website, www.superwomenhub.org, and be able to purchase the ticket. But if you're in a good position within corporate what we have, um, one of the benefits from partnering with the Skills Development Agency is that if you're able to then buy tickets on behalf of the women's staff, um, we can be able to help you get uh, certain BEE points and skill development skills development points. Um, so if you are in that position, if you work in HR, but also in a managerial position, and you do believe in the, in the dream of gender equality, then please do reach out to us, and then we can be able to also have a package where you're able to make sure that your women and your organization are able to attend, but also you do get those BEE and skills development points as well. But I think, you know, beyond the event, if anybody is also just interested in driving this mission, because it'll take a community to kind of amplify the messages around gender equality, um, definitely we can keep in touch, and then essentially we can look at what other programs can we drive um, that is very much tailored to the skills and resources at your disposal so that we can really drive impact within this area. This certainly sounds like something that uh, people need to be attending, especially those um, for whom this issue is near and dear. This definitely sounds like an engagement that will be worth attending. But on a last point, Hope, I just wanted to get your sense now, there are a lot of initiatives such as the one that you are you are pioneering right now. And at the same time, there are a lot of conversations that are being had. At the beginning, we spoke about uh, how many more women there are in spaces like technology. Do you feel as if there has been some progress? Are you hopeful or do you think it's more talk than anything else? a lot of progress and why personally I believe that these dialogues are important for two reasons. So the first one is that women have always been told sort of um, a different view of what their own potential could be and this is, you know, because it's spread through messages that we see on television but other media forms where you don't see people who look like you being represented in leadership organizations but also being represented in a certain way on TV. So these dialogues are important to be able to expand the mind view to women of what is possible because then they are seeing women who look like them at the very peak of success in their careers. And it sends that subconscious message that you too can do it. So definitely I think the more we talk about it, but the more we are solution oriented in these conversations, the more subconsciously we're really building up the next generation of women leaders. But I think as a second part of it, the knowledge sharing sessions are also equally important when now you have peers who are in the same industry as you, who are going through the same challenges as you, but maybe they've made progress in overcoming certain challenges and they're able to give feedback on how you can tackle particular things in your career so that you can strategically position it for success. I am a byproduct of a lot of conversations with women and men on how to effectively navigate the specific issues that I face and that is why now I can be where I am in my career. So definitely, I think the, the, the conversations are really important and a powerful mechanism to kind of spark change as well as spark action. But as you know, I, I think action is equally as important as well. So that is why for our conference, it's about how to use the fundraiser, 
so that we can really channel the money to the most misrepresented uh, founders within the context of Africa, which is women-owned businesses, and how can we then be able to also effectively support them as they scale their business, um, given that market access is one of the issues that affects particularly women-owned businesses. Um, so yeah, so I definitely think that these conversations will continue to be important, but then how do you follow it up with action-oriented programs that really then drive the impact of so, progress has been made uh, within these spaces, but a lot of work still needs to be done. Uh, that was us with uh, Hope Ditlakanyane, who is the founder of uh, the Superwoman Hub. They are having their Women in Africa conference uh, coming up uh, coming up soon. She was just giving us some insight into what the what the concept was, why she came up with it. Um, an advocate of networking and uh, building networks, not only in South Africa but um, across countries especially in africa to have uh people you know expanding their reach and just tapping into different mindsets that can help you to grow and to help someone else to grow so that's been it on the other side of this we're going to continue with our show keep it locked this is the business buzz you're tuned in to the business buzz in our COVID Business Watch, where we look at how different businesses, sectors, and industries have been affected by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic in and around South Africa, um, we are featuring this week someone who started their business one month after the lockdowns began um, in South Africa, which means during uh, the current uh, crisis and pandemic. We went and we spoke to Shero uh, Kanyane, who is uh, 31 years old and originally from Polokwane, but uh, fully based in Medrand. Um, She holds a computer systems engineering degree uh, from the Val University of Technology and currently works at uh, Wits University as an IT business analyst. She sells uh, health and wellness products as well as uh, detoxing tea, um, NRG, energy supplements, slimming coffee, um, certain beauty and organic skincare products and uh, Total Life Changes, uh, which is uh, the name of the businesses based in uh, Irene, which is in Centurion, but uh, she actually operates from home, and this all started in May 2020. Our producer, Slyn Limsibi, went to speak to her and will shortly hear what she had to say. If you're someone who is interested in the product or wants to perhaps join in the business, you can WhatsApp um, on uh, 083-247-1752 or you can call on 067 0039. Now, here's what Cheryl had to say. My business during the global pandemic time, because of it, was another wake up call for me. Last de- December, I got retrenched. When I got retrenched, I didn't have a fallback. I didn't have a plan B. I didn't have any source of an income. I didn't have a second ways of making money right okay to cut the story short okay fine got a job in march when i got a job in march then came COVID in the country and i was like you know what girl no one has job secure during this pandemic time right because people were getting retrenched people were getting salary cut and i was like boom you know what i'm not going back to the same frustration that i had in december I had to find a means of making money. I had to go out there, 
look for something or a business idea that could generate a second income for me, right? Okay, fine. I had other business ideas, but then I was like, okay, there's other business ideas. They needed more money. They needed funding. And during this time, there was no extra cash for me to find other business ideas that I had. Okay, fine. A friend told me about Twitter life changes, was like, do you know about Twitter life changes? I was like, yes, I heard about it. And she was like, okay, let me invite you to an opportunity call. Okay, fine. Attending that opportunity call on Zoom, they explained about Twitter life changes, the products, how you can make money out of it. I like the whole idea, right? And I was like, okay, let me give it a try because I once did network marketing business before and I was doing quite well, just that I decided to take a break from it. And I was like, okay, this time around during this pandemic, let me go back and and get a second stream of an income through uh, this business, right? Okay, join Total Life Changes. Uh, Total Life Changes, we sell health and beauty products, right? So with Total Life Changes, there's this most amazing product that everyone likes, which is the ISO detoxing tea. So the ISO uh, detoxing tea has been helping a lot of people to lose weight during this pandemic time because of gym were closed, people were lazy, people were eating unhealthy food. So they actually needed the tea to detox, to flush out all those dirty things, those toxics that we put into our bodies, right? Okay. So the weight loss product, it actually helped, like it was booming, like I was actually making like a lot of money out of it because of now people don't go to the gym, people are eating unhealthy, people are not taking care of their bodies, right? So I still believe that even after this uh, pandemic, the product will still be selling itself because of already people, they like their product. The tea is the number one detoxing tea. People, they love this tea. It's made out of natural herbs and no side effects from using this tea. Okay. So if the, if there's anyone who wants to start their business during this pandemic time, I'm like, uh, go for it. You don't have to wait for the day when now you have to start a business when you're just too desperate, you know. Do your researches now. Find that suitable in, uh, business that you want to do. Start now. Have your plan. Write down your goals. You know, start to uh, write down your plan and and do it and go for it. Because we don't know when this pandemic will stop, you know. Uh, someone is thinking about starting a business during this pandemic time. I'm like, go for it. Why not? Because of you don't want to wait for a day when you're just too frustrated for you to, to start your business idea or to look for a second stream of an income. Not only just to look for a second stream of an income, but then now things are going high. Prices are going high. Our economy is trying to pick up, right? When it's trying to pick up, prices are going to be high. Would you still be able to to survive? Would, would you still be able to afford your standard uh, living during this 
hectic times like we're just trying to survive all i would just say to everyone who wants to start a business not only network marketing business any business that you would like to start all i would just say to you just go for it just have that plan just write it down go for it you know because of we don't know when this pandemic will stop right okay if you you're interested in the business that I'm doing and you would like to know more about it, you're more than welcome to get in touch with me and we take it from there. Thank you. More justice on the business bus. Our conversation around uh, the Women in Africa conference continues. We just came from talking uh, to Hope, who is uh, the founder, uh, the founder of the conference and of uh, the Superwoman Hub, just giving us some insights into what they're going to be doing. But right now, we want to switch over to one of the people that's going to be um, a panelist at the event. Uh, but before we get into that, remember that you can engage with us if you're excited um, to be part of the conference. Let us know on Facebook. We have our FM of Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VowFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. So, to continue the conversation, we're now joined by uh, Tiniko Simbine, who is uh, the Chief Financial Officer and Co-Founder of uh, Co of uh, Girl Code ZA. Uh, Tiniko, greetings to you. Good evening. How are you? No, 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 no. Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, I think just as a as a as a jumping off point, could you just give us uh, some insight for for the few people out there that don't know about Girl uh, Girl Code? Can you give us some insights um, when it was started and why you started uh, the the business? Yes, of course. Um, so Girl Code is a social enterprise that was started in 2014 um, after realization was made of the male dominance at tech events, you know, mainly hackathons, as well as in tech companies in general. So at Girl Code, our aim is basically to empower young girls and females through tech. And we do this by running a series of initiatives that are focused on teaching coding as well as robotics to girls and women of different ages. And then from that space, uh, we actually asked uh, our previous guest to hope this question. And I think there's no better time to be asking this to you now is in terms of uh, the space that you're in having started in 2014, do you feel like, there's been some t- some progress in advancing the agenda of women in the space. Um, you know, your contribution together with others in the space, how do you feel about the progress, if any, that's been made so far? Yes, um, I have to agree there has been um, progress. A, a lot of progress has been made. But obviously, we haven't reached our goal as yet. But um, with that being said, I mean, we there are several South African women, um, such as myself, who have made it their mission to change the perception that the tech industry is a place only for men. And we have started as well as joined initiatives like Girl Code, you know, to teach girls about coding and to inspire them to become innovators. And, you know, technology needs girls to help invent the future, especially in a country where there are millions of unemployed young people. It's even more important to break these existing stereotypes that technology careers are too hard for girls or mainly um, for boys. So um, our work is, is done, but 
you know, it's, it's allowed uh, through the different times we've been fortunate enough to actually collaborate, you know, with initiatives such as the Speaker Women Hub as well, just to help bridge the gender gap in all our industries. I think uh, something that our listeners might really benefit from understanding is um, there is a stereotype that you guys are trying to break and uh, sort of progress in terms of the spectrum of people that can be part of um, this world of coding. So can you give us what the initial stereotype was um, and where you guys wanted to actually get to? Okay, well... Historically, I mean, girls were taught that, you know, they be they belong in the kitchen and subjects such as math and science weren't necessarily for them. And, you know, that girls weren't capable of building cool things like um, robots, for instance. And so what we are coming in to do is to basically show girls um, by, have given, by showing them actual women who look just like them, that you are able to do this and you're able to even thrive in this industry, you know, because um, we've realized that who better than, who better to relate to than someone who looks just like you, you know? If you need anyone to inspire you, why not a black female woman, you know, as a young girl? And even through our initiatives, when we teach um, our younger um beneficiaries in primary and high school, it, it, it's always best to have our female um, mentors, you know, take them through the, the various steps and um, syllabus that they have to learn, just so that, you know, they can better relate and better understand that this too um, is a world for girls. And on that, the reason I had, I had asked about the stereotype was then to perhaps uh, better understand the initiatives um, that you guys have in place and how you've sort of structured um, your different your different programs to attack um, some of the prevailing mindsets to 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 get to that progressive place. Yes, yes. Um, so we have our GoCoder Club where we teach um, coding and robotics to primary school as well as high school girls nationwide. So the aim of this program was just to incite that curiosity, you know, in girls. And we believe that um, you need to approach the girls, the the younger they are, before they have been diluted with the stereotypes of this world, as well as the fears that um, girls generally um, develop the the older they get. And then we also have our workshop. We teach coding to girls who are currently studying towards STEM-related degrees, as well as to females um, like myself who aren't necessarily studying towards computer sciences, but who are learning, who are looking um, to learn coding. Then um, we also have our VACBOOK program, where we place our top-performing varsity students in corporate for a week or two to work on real-life projects. And the aim of this program is to give them a glimpse of what to expect in the real world once um, they graduate, you know. And then we have our largest um, event of the year, which is our annual Girl Code Hack. Uh, This is a fun-filled weekend where we have a group of over 250 girls come together and develop solutions based on a theme. And we usually host our hackathon on the first weekend of August to celebrate um, Women's Month. And... This 
event also helps to accelerate um, some of the job opportunities for the females who come and attend our hackathon because through the corporate response to these some of the girls actually do get hired. So this is also a form of recruitment for some of our girls and you know what better way to get hired than in a space where you're actually showcasing your practical skills, especially in an industry where your practical skills matter most. But yeah, um, those are some of the well, our initiatives that we run at Go, in GoCode. Um, there's, there is a question that I'm now quite curious about uh, the more that you talk. Do you have any any uh, statistics that might help us to maybe understand um, what some of the the demographics uh, actually look like in industry? Yeah, um, so we have like for the sort of uh, what advantage or what do you think um, women bring to the table in terms of uh, I guess the differentiating factor because um, I think the world is full of examples of what men can do uh, but you know in terms of some of the representation that you're talking about um, what do you think actually sets women apart? Okay well I mean not only is there a skill Women as well. 
Um, before we end off, uh, I'd like to put you a little bit on the spot here, uh, Tiniko, to, you know, for our listeners that maybe have been considering this space but had shied away from it. What has your own, uh, perhaps, um, experience been, um, in the space? Um, what actually got you interested in this world of coding? Um, where have you gone career wise? That sort of thing. Okay, well, funny enough. Um, so I studied accounting sciences. So I'm a very um, non-technical, <laughs> in a technical field. Yeah. So how I got involved in this space is obviously um, after working in a tech company and also realizing the gender gap. But also after um, one of my co-founders and who's currently our CEO, Zambilla um, Mkwanazi, actually made the realization of the gender gap after she was working for a tech company for a few years. You know, then we came together and were like, okay, but maybe we should actually do something about this. And I've always been passionate about female empowerment. So then, for me, it made sense to channel that passion towards now bridging this gender gap that is that we are facing currently in our country. And what I've found over the years is that it's, you know, it's been a very, it was a hostile um, <laughs> environment to get into, a very different one, especially because, I mean, the most thing that I knew was like Excel, <laughs> you know, and but it's, it's been great, you know, it's been very challenging, it's forced me to level up on many levels, but the beauty of this industry is that, you know, there's, there are a lot of like-minded women and who are there to guide, to guide you and, you know, just to help with the collaborations and I think I've also been blessed with an amazing team at GoCode because, um, we have um, our CEO who's more technical than what, who, than I am, but she's really been, um, you know, a very great support structure as well as um, she's provided great leadership um, for us to actually get into this field and for me to actually get comfortable in this field and, you know, and, you know, also agree that I have a seat at this table. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Been a very interesting journey for me, but I love it every day, and I'm still learning every day, you know. But it, it, it's been so fruitful to be able to pave the way for others and to also show them that you know what, you too can thrive in this. And you know, there's just so much opportunity for girls in South Africa, and to be at the forefront, to, you know, providing this, these opportunities um, is definitely one of the best things ever. No, it certainly sounds like you've you you've gone down the right path at a time when so many people are trying to find uh, that purpose in their lives. So, on a last point, how can people get involved uh, with Go uh, Go Code ZA? Whether it's corporates, individuals, uh, people that maybe want to partner on programs or want to attend uh, some of your courses, how do people um, get involved? Okay, well, people can contact us through our website, so www.gocode.co.za. Um, you can also follow us on social media and interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter at gocode underscore ZA as well as Facebook, gocode ZA, on LinkedIn, gocode ZA. And um, we have um, our contact details on our website as well. So should anyone and be interested in partnering. And of course, I mean, when we have our events, we do um, 
post them and just market them very well. And everyone is pretty much welcome to come check them out just to see a little bit more about what Girl Code is about. So you heard it right there. You can engage and interact with them um, online and on social media. That's uh, Go Code ZA. Uh, they are available. Um, you can find their website. It's uh, gocode.co.za? Yes. Yes. And then you can find them uh, on, she said, LinkedIn. Uh, they are available on uh, Facebook as well. Just giving us uh, an insight, that was uh, Tiniko Simbine, who is uh, the CFO and co-founder of Girl Code ZA, um, who is going to be one of uh, the panelists um, when uh, the Women in uh, Africa conference uh, comes into effect. Uh, she was just uh, giving us some insight into her business um, that uh, they founded in uh, 2014 trying to make sure um, just trying to make sure that uh, the gap uh, the gender gap is closed uh, when it comes to the world of coding programming robotics um, things like that you know trying to change those mindsets to get um, more women involved in uh, some of the technical spaces she says that uh, it is a social enterprise and it is something that she is definitely passionate about so on the other side of this we come to the end of the show keep it locked this is the business buzz the, the business buzz so with that we've come to the end of uh, today's show thank you so much to everyone who was listening thank you to hope and tiniko for sharing their insights with us particularly around um the women in africa conference and as well as our girl code just giving us uh, telling us what the state uh, of the industry is looking like those uh, technical those programming and robotics industries and also hope just uh, you know making her making her move uh, because at the end of the day the the needle will only move as a result of uh, a collective effort. Um, you can't just have one, you know, one person in one corner doing something. People need to be working all their various corners, their various uh, spheres of influence and networks to make um, to make some changes and move the needle on the issue of representation, both in the workplace and business, and just opening up the minds of uh, people to the possibility of uh, you know women conquering the world. So that's been it for today's show thank you so much to everyone who's listening if you like the show or just want to give us some feedback remember that you can engage with us on facebook we have our that's voice of vids you can also find our other facebook page that is vids radio academy on twitter we're at VARFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz you can also search for us on iono.fm for all our podcasts and links and you can also find our other great content on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business so thank you so much to everyone who was listening and thank you to our amazing team our, pro- our technical producer is Kotlano Serame together with our executive pl- producer Glory Mabuza our producers Slindilem Sibi Tanto Klimba together with Simbarashe Honde don't miss the business bus same time same place next week for more insight into the world of business also, don't forget to, you don't have to turn that dial because there's more great content coming up on the Vow FM lineup. So, for myself, Leo Mob Justice, and the rest of the team, it is Take Care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.